All right, guys, welcome to the Full Throttle Podcast. I'm Evan. I'm your host. I'm here with the Dragon Daniel and Patrick Poshiesty. Um, we got a couple things to talk about today. Boys, how are we doing? It's been a good day. Good day, you know? Feeling good. We're feeling good. All right, of course, you can follow us at Full Throttle Pod on Instagram and YouTube. This podcast is available to stream on Spotify, Apple Music, and, of course, YouTube as well. So make sure you follow us on all those platforms. Boys, anything to say? Let's get into it. Let's jump right in. Let's do it. All right. So Lamborghini just revealed their brand new SC63 World Endurance Championship car. It's a twin turbo V8 hybrid. Um, it's not going to be run by the Lamborghini Works team, though. It's going to be run by Iron Lynx. They currently run the GT3 Huracan and a GT3 Porsche, I believe. Um, how do we feel about this? It looks Honestly. good. It looks good. Uh, like you mentioned before, it looks like a Lamborghini, uh, you know, as a prototype car. But um, as a manufacturer, they're just, you know, not to the potential level or, you know, the hierarchy of, you know, Ferrari. Um, uh, what are the other teams that are also with uh, endurance racing? Porsche as well. Porsche, Toyota, Peugeot even. I think it looks really good. I think I said this guys to yesterday, but this to me looks like a Lamborghini. Most of the other hypercars, I feel like, don't even look like their manufacturer. Like, obviously, they have the colors and color scheme, whatever, but the Ferrari doesn't look like the Ferrari. The Porsche doesn't look like a Porsche. I mean, the For Porsche looks like a Porsche Le Mans car. Yeah. But besides that, there's nothing else that screams Porsche. Like, the headlights about this, the angles, the color scheme, like, that screams Lamborghini to me. I love the Italian. Down the middle. The Italian stripes are tough. The Italian mm -hmm. stripes are tough. They have to represent, you know? <laughs> I mean... They get no representation out of Ferrari. No. Red. I mean, Ferrari, you get the red. red. <laughs> Ferrari's red. They own, they own the color red in all of racing. And, like, cars in general. That's, that's Ferrari. That's all they need. I don't know. I don't think they're going to be able to compete with Ferrari and Porsche or Toyota, though. Probably. Are they still using uh, their own motors? Like, um the 12 cylinder that they always put with their manufacturing cars uh, i'm not sure i mean it's a v8 so oh, it's, yeah, a v8. it's yeah twin turbo v8 hybrid for the world endurance championship manufacturers they can make their own engine and they do their own thing it's cool to see it has a rear wing because if you look at the peugeot it has no rear wing i don't know how they made a world endurance championship car that has no rear wing on it but it, it does it and it, it, it's competitive Look, man, for endurance racing, all you got to do is last, you know, six to maybe eight hours straight. And these cars are just, you know, built for high performance, high speed. Um, so all we're really going to see is, you know, a nice body like smooth shape car. And then at the end, it usually just rakes down to add that, you know, downforce when they're turning left or right on these tracks. But as a as an endurance racing car, I actually like the way it looks. It looks pretty good. It looks to me like it could almost be... I could see Lamborghini putting this on the road. Like, Lamborghini does crazy shit all the time. This could yeah, easily be on the road. Yeah. Mm. Only a certain amount of people could afford it, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It was a good-looking car that was uh, came out at... Uh, what was it? The <laughs> Goodwood. Fuck. Goodwood? All right, let, let's get into Goodwood. Goodwood's our next kind of topic. Yes, so good what happened this past Thursday through Sunday, currently 
July 19th when you are recording this. So if you're hearing this at a different time, that's what it is. But Goodwood, yeah, there was a whole bunch of cars at Goodwood. Um, I think the first one to talk about is the Hunatron. Hunatron took on Goodwood. Obviously, or maybe not so obviously, it's the last car that Ken Block drove. All-wheel drive or rear-wheel drive or front-wheel drive, depending whatever the driver wants it to be. Um, 671 horsepower, fully electric. That is crazy. You can almost see, like, I don't know if you guys remember, you know, Group B rally cars, and mm -hmm. they try to mimic the front wing exactly how the Group B, uh, I think it was the Audi R1, I think that's mm -hmm. what it was called. They did an exact representation of it. So I think they, they hit the spot, especially Ken Block, you know, rest in peace to him. But he actually wanted that exact um, representation of what Group B should be if it were modern and electric. Yeah, 100%. This car looks sick. I'm really interested. We'll get into Formula 1 later. But I'm interested to see if Audi runs this type of livery on a Formula 1 car. Because Audi, I mean, this is kind of the livery they run in all of their, even like Formula E and stuff like that. So... It would be a cool car to see. For sure. It would. I mean, I feel like Audi's a team that could come in and have a lot of, like, play with what colors they want to run. Yeah. They have a lot of motorsport heritage, too, I think. I think they'll be competitive. We'll get into Formula 1 in a bit, but Hunatron is a good car to see at Godwood for sure. Let's move over to Hyundai. Hyundai's been one of those brands that I think – a couple of years ago, if you had said, yo, let's go buy a Hyundai, I'd be like, hell no. But Hyundai is making some good cars right now. They're they're on the come up. They have this really, really futuristic look to them, but I I'm rocking with it. Yeah, the, the new IKEA. They had that whole rebranding. Yeah. Where they came out with the, like new looking cars and they they look good now. Especially with the new N series that they're coming up with, like you know the the baby blue that they add, and then the little red accents. Color. That is a it sexy just, color. It's now modern, and it just looks super dope to see on the streets now. They even sound cool. The Elantra N. I don't know if you've uh, seen videos, but when you add a downpipe to those cars, or even a muffler, it just sounds like a miniature race car. Dude, Hyundai again. Hyundai and Kia are definitely. Definitely on there. I think over the last probably five years, they've probably done the most of any car manufacturers. Like they're they're like changing their entire game, and I like it. I think it's, it's definitely for the better. Hyundai Onic Five N though, fully electric, eight speed transmission with paddle shifters. That's different, if you ask me. It's a it's a phony paddle shifting type deal, but I think they're running like an electric torque converter on their. Uh, new electric or, or their ev cars so i don't know how it really works it's new technology that a lot of people aren't really known uh about yet but i'm excited to just see you know those little tiny cars on the streets and just like kind of rip it down against like a tesla or something like that mm -hmm. i would i would definitely drive it 641 horsepower when it's in its end mode also fully drift mode as well. So it thing can get loose in the rear. I think I think it's one of the better looking hot hatches out right there. I, I would I would definitely drive it. Dan, you're our resident hot hatch boy. Yeah, I have a focus ST and to me, you know, I'm all about the hatchbacks. So as you know, a fan of uh, you know, the egg shaped cars, this one is definitely uh up there as one of my favorites. Pat, you're laughing. What, what are we feeling like? The hatchbacks are dope. As a as a recent trip to Europe, 
Hatchbacks are in. Hatchbacks are yeah. hatchbacks are in. You heard it here first, hatchbacks Patrick. Are hatchbacks are in. Yeah, E three coupe. The Z three coupe is that is coming back. BMW did announce that that thing because remember Pat, we saw it, we saw oh, it driving down the road one day, and we were like, "What?" It it kind of looks like a clown shoe, but I rock with it. That car is sick. Oh, that yeah. one guy had it slammed to the absolute ground. That thing was. If they bring back the Z three, I might have to get one. That's yes. how that's how sick that car is. Oh my goodness, <laughs> we can't talk about clown shoes in here, bro. <laughs> Says the guy who's a Ferrari oh. fan, but. <laughs> Dude, how do you how do you not look dope going down the road in that thing? What the Z3? Yeah, you have to. Especially BMW changed their headlights up. I'm not a fan. They had like those like octagon headlights, like halos. I wasn't a fan of them, but they changed their headlights up this year, and I, I definitely I've never been a fan of BMW, but some of the new cars they've been putting out, like redesigned, I definitely like them. The kidney grill is one thing, which is some people hate it, some people love it. I'm kind of down the middle. Some cars, I think it looks good. On, I think it looks good in the four series. I don't think it looks good in the three series. But I don't know. BMW is definitely one of the brands too. I think. Uh, well, the electric cars too. I would get behind it. I don't know. I feel like you know, with the new uh, standards with uh, electric cars, you know, we have the Mustang uh, GT EV and stuff like that. You know, mm -hmm. anybody could drive that now. But uh, I just feel like. Uh, there's not enough potential for EV cars yet. We're still yeah. on the rise of, you know, making uh, high horsepower cars. And the only way to do that is if you add an electric motor, twin turbos, or just like, you know, uh, not naturally aspirated motors. But yeah. um, I think it's a good, uh, good incentive for people to start going towards, you know, zero emissions or zero uh, carbon emissions that are happening. Now, I think BMW also uh, released in um, uh, the, what is it? Good, good wood and zero emissions engine prototype. Mm, okay. So, you know, those things are interchangeably, you know, negotiable. As yeah, you say. I agree. I agree. I have a question for you guys. Is this the coolest EV that's out right now? Definitely not. Definitely, Definitely not. not. What are you putting no. over it? The Fisker. <laughs> the Fisker? I'm talking like production attainable EV. So let's talk Tesla, Porsche Taycan, Kia EV6 GT. Would you guys take one of any of those over the Ionic 5 in? I'm saying no. I think I think the the transmission does it for me. That gets me going. I'm not a huge fan of EV. You know, uh, I've always been a petrol head. You know, I like the feeling of having a manual car and hearing you know those four cylinders go off on the uh, behind you. But um, you know, as an EV, not an EV fanatic, I think the Porsche Taycan is definitely up there. It just looks cool, sleek. Uh uh, there's no differentiation between, you know, the regular Porsches and the EV Porsches uh, look, looks wise, but, you know, it's up there. The Taycan also does notably have a two-speed transmission. So Hyundai is not the first to do it, but I think I'd much rather take the eight-speed over the two-speed. Yeah, I would too. Pat, what are you thinking? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, 
I'm not a big EV person like Dan, or Light as well. I'm not into them, but I don't know. It's really hard to tell. I mean, I feel like they're all they're all probably really similar. I think. I mean, I don't know how this Ionic Five is going to drive, or I mean, but if you got like a Taycan, that would be an, that'd be a pretty awesome car. But yeah. I mean, it's it's hard. I think just like just the way. Um, I mean, like Tesla really has like all the charging stations and everything. I feel like these new brands that are coming out with these EVs, it might be really difficult for them to integrate. I agree. Yeah, that is one thing is. With cars, at least with petrol and ices, you had some differentiation of horsepower, like your clutch, transmission, all that different things that like gives the car a soul. Yeah. There's really? not, you're right, there's yeah. not much differentiation between a Hyundai 5M with 600 horsepower or like the Audi RS GT e-tron. That, I mean, both go zero to 60. I think this is a zero to 60 3.4. That one does like zero to 60 and three. Those are still quick cars. That is pretty quick. I'm not gonna That's lie. That's extremely quick. A 2008 um, Nissan GT. Sorry, not. Uh, why can't I think of the name? Why am I blinking? What's Nissan's? Oh, GTR. The 2008 Nissan GTR does zero to sixty in three point six seconds. So the Ionic Five in is faster than an old GTR. It's That's quicker, pretty crazy. Not faster. Quicker. <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. But that's still pretty crazy that we've come that far that now a Hyundai is faster, quicker. <laughs> I feel like these cars the can't top out, you know, at like 150 range. So like the Teslas, you know, you could reach up to 80 miles an hour really quickly. But, you know, those electric motors can't handle the extra speed or mm -hmm. the continuation of going faster. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like a big, you know, uh, hesitant middle ground that, you know, mm -hmm. would make me deter away from the EV cars. People like to go fast, you know, as a yeah. car fanatic, I like to go fast and, you know, EVs just aren't up to that level yet. Yeah. I feel like this is one of the first like track focused EVs though, because yeah. N stands for Nurburg, Nurburg ring. I don't like the Taycan, RSGT, e-tron. Like those aren't track focused cars. I think obviously they're just one hundred twenty thousand, one hundred fifty thousand dollar. Like, daily. This is the best. The, the yeah, daily driver. This is the best you can get. Like you can buy a nine eleven, or you can buy like an RS seven or RS five, or you can have an e-tron. And they're exactly the same car, by the way. Obviously, you know Volkswagen Group, same powertrain, same platform, just basically different body kit on them. So. Enough about the EVs, man. Let's Enough about well, no, we we still have one more EV because Hyundai also had their Ionic Six in Look at, at Goodwood, and it crashed. It crashed pretty spectacularly. Man, such a letdown. Who's? Do you know uh, if the brakes failed or did the driver not anticipate the turn coming up so quickly? I have no idea, but the hey, fuck that car up. Yeah, it looks damaged hey, AF, man. The hay got that car badly, man. But yeah, you can't even tell if it's a Hyundai or not. Well, you can no. because of the baby blue, but other than that, it just looks like a, a, a car that just didn't have a good time. Hot take I think the Hyundai, like in blue, is one of the best colors out right now. Absolutely. I don't think, I don't think many other like manufacturers are making colors like that, especially we're talking about a car that. Okay, obviously you can get a Taycan painted to spec, but that's going to cost you. That's like a thirteen thousand dollars option. That's going to cost you at least 
car paint spec, you're talking one hundred twenty-five, hundred fifty thousand dollars. These cars, highest like spec is sixty-three thousand dollars, which is actually reasonable for it being a Hyundai. You yeah. know, again, you're talking zero to sixty-three point four seconds, track focused, eight-speed manual, and albeit in an electric vehicle, sixty-three k is not bad at all for what you're getting. It's pretty, it's pretty good price, probably. I mean, I think that's one thing that the EV companies are definitely going to have to fight for is pricing. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, like, I mean, the Tesla is expensive. I mean, they're all they're all expensive compared to yeah. like a traditional a traditional car. But I mean, yeah. sixty grand for like a track ready car. It's not I mean, bad. That's just mm-hmm. that's not bad. Again, Hyundai, Hyundai, and Kia. Get your flowers. You guys have been stepping it up. Yeah, I've been. All right. What's what's next? We have all right. Sebastian Vettel. Vettel was back on track. Unfortunately, not in a modern Formula One car, but in his two historic Formula One cars. Of course, driving his F1, sorry, FW14B and his Senna McLaren, Marble McLaren. Um, good to see Seb back out. Absolutely. I think, you know, he's very uh, inspirational. A lot of people like Lewis Hamilton, um, Lando Norris, all those F1 drivers just like kind of look up to him. And he's Mm -hmm. always been that, you know, uh, the good guy on the track, never wants to have any beef with anybody, is just very charismatic. So, you know, you could get a lot of inspiration from this guy. Do we do we think that we'll see him back on an F1 track? Absolutely not. Absolutely, he's not. too busy saving the world, man. You think he's done completely? Yeah, yeah. So he, you're telling you're telling me, right? You're telling me, let's say Aston sacked Lance Stroll. This in a far off universe, Aston sacked Lance Stroll. You're telling me that there's no shot if they offer Vettel a seat and pay him like they paid Alonso, he's coming back. No. I don't think so, man. This guy, I don't I, I don't know if you saw his goodbye video, but he literally just wants to relax. He wants to enjoy all the good times that he did have in, in racing and now wants to just relax, spend it with his family. He's literally a tree hugger now. He's just out yeah. there saving the world, helping, you know, organizations with donations and all that stuff. So, like I said, inspirational man. Will we see him on the track? Don't think so. No. Fair enough. Who has a better comeback, Kimi Raikkonen, or or a better chance to come back, Kimi Raikkonen or Sebastian Vettel? Oof. The Iceman. I don't know. Literally, they should just call him Carbon Monoxide. Is the only Kimi in like an endurance car? I don't think you'd see Vettel in another. I'm talking Formula One. No, but Vettel still does what is like the race of champions. He did that with Mick. He does that every year. So Vettel's still racing, just not Mm -hmm. in Formula One. Mm-hmm. But those are still just, you know, uh, donational or foundations that are uh, charitable. He's, yeah, he's only does stuff for charity, pretty that's much. Very, very true. That's very, very true. All right. Speaking of another now officially retired driver, Goat TP has retired. <laughs> this yeah. man's man. Goat TP has retired. He went on Instagram. Was it was that today? No. Two days, two days ago. ago. Two days ago. Go to Nicholas Latifi, commonly known as Go Tifi, has gone on Instagram, officially announced his temporary retirement, it seems, from, from all sorts of racing. Um 
He said, growing up, I've always been interested in the world of business. And I have always said it's something I would study at university had I not gone into racing. With that in mind, I know I might be taking a break from racing. I have decided that I want to pursue an MBA degree and focus on something that would that would transform the next phase of my life. This is not necessarily a goodbye to racing. To this is not necessarily a goodbye to the racing world forever. Is the TV done forever? Yes, I think so. It's really hard for a man like him. How he ended with F one to just come back on the ropes and just you know get in a car and say you know I want to win championships. Um, I'm not gonna say he was one of the best drivers, but he was definitely up there. Maybe uh, first seat when he was in Williams. But again, you know, we're talking about a man that has only two points in his whole F1 career. I think he has. Has anybody scored worse? Or is he actually like the worst historical, like, statistically F1 driver? Oh, people definitely have less. But uh, there's some rookies. I'm out saying right like now. full full time full time driver for as many seasons as he put in. Well, he did only did like two seasons, but still, has anybody ever gone two seasons and not scored more than two points? No, not that I know. That's of, tough. Man. That's really really tough. I feel like even um uh Nick Schumacher, Schumacher who was in Haas with Dude, the Russian. Ended up scoring, you know, at least, you know, five points in one race. I think he made it to like Q3 or Q2 yeah. one time. Or no, Q2 or Q1. One time during his first F1 career. But there's, I don't know. Gotifi will always be Gotifi. A lot of people oh, criticize yes. him for everything. But, you know, he's always, he's like an, uh, Sebastian's Vettel grand, uh, godson. Main of entertainment. He had to put it, entertainment. He had to put it in the wall for us. He did. He did. He, he 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 saved some of the boring races. It was like yeah. this race stinks. What is Latifi doing? He's like, shit. Calls in from Michael, bro. Time to put it in the wall. We gotta yep. spice it up. Do you guys remember when <laughs> Latifi like was like was it, it was Hungary? It was Hungary. I think two years ago, and it was qualifying. He went purple, purple. In the first, in the first two sectors. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. He was oh one God. of the first. Well, he was one of the first he people that went out on the track. He got blocked in the third sector, and yeah. really no, I think he just uh, did. He get blocked, or he just cut yeah, the I tires. think he got blocked. It was so sad, dude. He, he would have made a Q one. Imagine, man. imagine in another universe, another universe. Latifi made a pole position in front of the one. Here's 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 two things to think about. One. Nick DeVries had a single race in Williams and scored more points in that single race for Williams than Nicholas Latifi did in his entire career. <laughs> and and they were on the same track that day because Albon was out with the exactly. That's not one thing. Second thing, I kind of talked to you guys about this yesterday, but did fans in Gotifi's career? Personally, no. I think he ended his own career with how the 2021 season ended. You know, that big scandal with, with the FIA. Bidding into the wall, causing then, said scandal. That was – he's not the reason why, okay? he's He might have caused a red flag, but you got to blame the FIA for starting to let those other cars pass in, all the way up, up until Lewis Hamilton was right behind uh, Max Verstappen. That's fair. 
it was if you never bend it, it never would happen. But, See, I I was one of the ones. I was one of the ones and, and biggest Lewis fan in the world. But I was one of the ones who immediately thought at the end, I wasn't blaming the FIA. I was like, if Latifi had not bend it, we would have finished under green flag conditions. There's no way in hell Max would have caught Lewis on the same used tires. Lewis is eight time world champion. There's many other people who thought that same exact thought. Probably. Do you think that this the toxicity from fans closed the gap that Latifi ever even like considered coming back to Formula One, even as like a reserve driver? I definitely feel F1 drivers take a lot of heat, especially when the fans are not satisfied. But as a professional driver, you got to understand like the media doesn't portray a lot of a huge aspect when it comes to your driving performance. Mm. So um, I think it was just a business. It was all business where he just didn't perform the way Williams wanted to. And then they just dropped him. Fair enough. Fair enough. And arguably they replaced him with, I don't know if Logan Sargent's much better than Latifi. We'll, we have to see Logan Sargent's only had 10 races. The Americano. Do you would you rather have Latifi and Logan Sargent? Yes or no? And we'll move on. Oof. <laughs> You're telling us to you know shit on an American, the only it, American F1 driver. Nothing to do with his, his his nationality. Yes or no question. Would you rather have Latifi or Logan Sargent right now? No. <laughs> I'd probably take Logan Sargent. You take yeah. Logan Sargent. Fair enough. He puts it in the wall a lot less. Keeps it in the wall. Maybe maybe Latifi put it in the wall so much, I'm just forgetting how much he actually did, he did. it. It and it was like the dumb times too. Remember he bent it in the hairpin of Monaco? Oof. Like that was a bad one. Full Wasn't it raining though? I mean like twenty miles an hour, yeah. Wasn't it raining though? Or no? He just he just I think it was a little was wet, crazy. but I mean, you crash in the slowest corner of the season. I mean, but you have no you have no downforce at that point. So it happens. Yeah, you know, but you're. I, I have been one to bend a cart in the rain more than one in more than one occasion, just because you have no. Grip. You might be ruined at two miles an hour, but also he's a Formula One driver, though, so there's no excuse. Yeah, this was moving on. Somebody else has gotten sacked. This year, only 10 races, 11 races into his career. Nick DeVries is gone. And this Friday, we will see Daniel Ricciardo back on an F1 track. That is fucking crazy. I'm so excited. I've always been a Danny Rick fan. I can't wait for for him to just be back on the track. You know, Honey Badger going at it again, fighting for, you know, front row. It's going to be a good time for him. And he always wanted to race in Las Vegas. He was the reason why Las Vegas is on the schedule this year. That's cool. Okay. Let's 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 start with DeVries. Where 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 did it all go wrong for him? I mean, I felt like he was he was one of the most hyped rookies coming into the season. People were like, look, DeVries scored points and Williams, they were terrible last year, like back of the field last year. He should be good. He should be able to compete with Yuki, but he got he got slaughtered by Yuki mm-hmm. all season long. He bend it into the wall. More than, like, let's not get me wrong. Alphatari's dog shit. That's a dog shit car. There's no putting it past that. That car stinks. Yeah. But besides that, like, do you guys think it was warranted DeVries getting getting sacked so early? 
I mean, I think so. That whole battle in uh, Canada, that was not a good look. <laughs> like, sticking your nose in twice, and then, like, the first time, like, nearly taking each other out of the race. And then he does it again the next corner, and then takes them both out of the race. Yeah. It's like... He, he also took Lando out on the restart in Miami. Remember that? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah just straight, straight into the back of him. I think he's really just used to smaller cars. Like FE always had those tiny um, front wings. Uh, same thing with F2. The cars are just a lot tinier. When he stepped into F1, he I, I don't think he was physically ready to, you know, feel the uh, G-forces and just understand the car itself. Yeah. So he, he lacked a little bit going into F1. I mean, granted, just with a little bit of grain of salt, that Williams is just good in a straight line. He scored points at Monza. Yeah. That's just temple of speed. He didn't really need much downforce that race. So I think the stars kind of aligned for him that on his first race where he had probably one of the best cars for that track, and that might have boosted his performance. But he did beat Latifi that race, who had been in that car all season. So it's not like he's he was better than a Formula 1 driver on that day. He's still beating out people on occasion. He's not dead last every single race or wasn't dead last every single race in Formula One. I think I think the crashes can be forgiven for your first year in Formula One. That happens. Even his teammate Yuki Sonoda, Yuki, his first year, bend it so often. Like Yuki probably might have had some of the most crashes as a rookie in recent memory. But the Vries is 28. He doesn't get that same luxury. So Exactly. You know, the kid came into the um, F1 career. I think there was kind of like uh, a business lawsuit against him because he didn't have the money to come into F1 at first because his sponsors didn't want to pay for uh, his entry. And then because he was losing races, he's not getting the money from these sponsors Mm -hmm. and enough points for the team to be like, okay. The money that he's bringing in is equaling out to the positions that he's uh, getting or the rankings that he's getting. So mm. as you know, this is also Red Bull we're talking about, the sister sister brand or the sister manufacturer of Red Bull. Uh, they have high expectations for all their drivers, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess he just make the cut. I feel like he was already on the chopping block from the beginning of the season. I think Danny Rick being out really really hurt him i feel like if danny rick had had that williams seat for example i don't think we would have seen him sack the show i don't think they would have put lawson in for the freeze that fast but danny rick was there he did well in his tire test he was doing well in the simulator and they said i think they said today that the decision was made before the tire test to get rid of the freeze for ricardo so it had been in the works for a little bit mm-hmm it's, it's sad to see him go, but, you know, F1 is a business. Got to yes. make money. Yeah, that's true. I think he got done a little dirty. The fact that Alpha Tire and Red Bull would even say, thank you, Nick, or anything before announcing Danny Rick. It was, oh, Danny Rick is back. We're not going to say a word about DeVries. Um, I think that just goes to show again. He wasn't he wasn't Red Bull Academy. He wasn't one of their drivers. So yeah, he was just out. Yeah, races to show something. He had probably less than that because they said the decision was made before before even the last race. So more like – I guarantee you the race was probably made back in – or decision was probably made back in 
Canada. We had, yeah, probably. I said it was crashing to Canada. Probably screw him. Probably. Nope. All right, let's move on to Danny Rick. Definitely excited for Danny Rick. You know? Danny Rick is back. The Honey Badger is back. Obviously, last time we saw him, he was in McLaren alongside Lando Norris. Wasn't a good two years for him there. Contract got bought out to bring in Oscar Piastri. Um, do we think that he can perform in this Alpha Tower? That's what I was going to ask. Do you think he's going to show up this weekend and like be anywhere? It depends what I think it's definitely anywhere. I mean, the Alpha Tauri has been not a good car all season. Yeah. Showing up anywhere, do we think he can put it P15? Probably. I think Hungary is a tough track. I could see one or two DNFs. I, I think, think he makes it Q2, Q3. I think he'll I wouldn't make it say Q2. Bottom two Q, uh, Q2. Yeah, Q2. Q2 is expected. If he think, right, here's the thing I don't think there's much pressure on him. If he doesn't make Q2, he gets eliminated in Q1. All right, the hype's kind of okay, but it's his first race. Again, AlphaTauri stinks. So no one's going to be like, dang, Danny Rick, you didn't make Q2. You stink. That AlphaTauri stinks, right? And it's your first race back. I also think that if he makes Q3, he looks like a superhero right off the bat. So the, you can, Yuki Sonoda's only put it Q3 two or three times this season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But does he beat Yuki? Does he beat Yuki this weekend? I think so. Danny Rink is known for um, for those like straight line speeds, those crazy overtakes when he was in Red Bull. Uh, I I think he's just up there as an elite driver. So we'll definitely see a lot of uh, Danny Rick overtakes happening over the weekend, and especially him being in qualifying. He'll he'll definitely be up there for sure. If the fans are excited, I think he'll be excited. He's yeah. definitely he's definitely excited. You can just look at his face and his old demeanor, and even his interview with F one. He's him compared to when he left McLaren. Like he was depressed when he left McLaren. Yeah. I mean, you could just tell it was getting to him. Mm-hmm. He he even admit he was in his own head for the majority of that season, just wondering why he couldn't get the grips of that car. But I think he's rejuvenating. I think he's glad to be back. I think he he definitely has fire under his under his uh his butt per se because well, you know, Checo's Checo's in trouble. In my opinion, Checo's in trouble. That what you say? True. Yeah. No, I'm saying I'm saying he doesn't have any job security. Supposed to coming in as a replacement, a mid-season replacement. I mean, Danny Ricks, he's got to do something. He's got to challenge Yuki because DeVries didn't. Yeah. Is I that what like... is that what the expectations are though? Is is that what the expectation? What are the expectations for Danny Ricardo for the rest of the season? You think? Who he's expected to be first seat. That's what his goals are. I feel yeah. like he wants to be first driver in AlphaTauri. And then try to get a contract right at the end, right before the last race, where they um, start swapping out all the drivers. We start seeing, you know, t- contracts are up. Who's going to go where? Who's going to retire? And who gets let go? So he's definitely on edge from at the very, very beginning when he comes back. Do you think there's a spot for him at a big three team, though? No, Mm-mm. I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, uh, Pat. Beginning tell me your year. tell me your expectations for Daniel Ricardo, and I'll pose you another another question. Hmm. He's probably going to be pretty quiet this season, I think. Probably through the rest, just because the AlphaTauri isn't there. But you know, maybe we'll see some Q threes. Maybe we'll see some like good performances. Maybe he'll get lucky with a safety car too. Maybe he'll get high up. But I mean. 
in that car. He's not going to be challenging for the front. I mean, he needs to get, he needs to prove himself, beat Yuki, and then he might have some considerations going to another team, a big three team. Absolutely. I mean, I think the Merck spots are probably pretty locked up unless Lewis Hamilton retires. That's which not going to happen. Which is, that, that is an interesting thing to watch because they've been saying that he is supposed to sew up his contract for the last forever. I think it will probably happen over the summer break, but they have been saying he's going to sign his contract forever. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be back. He's not He's not leaving, but. He's been real quiet, real quiet this season. Let me, let me ask you guys this. Christian Horner came out and said today that DeVries was done for a while, but he also said, more interestingly, that Checo and Max are drivers for 2024. If, and this is just if, if Checo continues to get eliminated in Q3, let's say another two or three times a season, and he's just nowhere near Max, do you, and, and Danny Rick performs, do you think that Checo could be out of his Red Bull seat for next year? Or do you think it's completely, he's going to be in that seat? I don't know. Maybe Red Bull doesn't even care that Perez is that far back. I don't yeah. think they care now because, again, if they enter in only one driver this entire season, they would be leading both the constructors and the drivers. It was a close battle. They would be absolutely caring. Like, he would definitely be on the chopping block, but I think just, like, him unfortunately – or him getting, like, unlucky sometimes and, like, qualifying or screwing it up, I mean – that's sort of acceptable, but he kind of comes back on Sunday and he makes like, you know, a top 10. So he kind of scores some points, kind of makes up for it. But I mean, I don't know. He's probably got a good spot at, at Red Bull right now. And a lot of that, like, they know they don't, I don't think they want another Danny Rick coming in and like trying to send it up on the inside on Max and shit. Yeah, I think Perez just has a lot of heart um, when it comes to racing. Like, this man went from last place in 2021 and Mm -hmm. got first place when he was in, uh, what was it, Blue Racing Point, BWT. I think that's what the company was called. Before before it changed to, uh, um, uh, what was it, Renault, or it was Renault, and then they changed to BWT, Blue Racing Point. Or whatever it went, no, it went straight from Renault to Alpine. BWT is BWT is their sponsor. That's like the world water, the pink car. Let's just call yeah, it B- that. BWT is sponsor. That's like it's like better water or something. That's like yeah. They just so Perez definitely has skill, and we could see that. It's just that now that he's in Res- Red Bull, their expectations are way way off the charts for him to just um, handle. Yeah, and that's 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 where all the pressure comes from from him yeah. for him. I think Checo is the most fortunate that Mercedes and Ferrari have dropped the ball the last two years because right, if it was a close battle, no shot Checo's in that seat right now. Again, if they only entered in Max in all competitions this year and only entered in one driver, they would still be winning both both championships. That's how crazy good Max has been and how much of a non-factor Checo's really been this year. I mean, obviously, Checo's won what, one or two races this year, which, hey, any driver wins two races in the season that's not in the top team. That's crazy good racing. But I don't think there's an excuse for Checo not to be at least 10 seconds clear of the field every race. If Max, Max is 40 seconds plus clear of the field 
is making pit stops at the end of races to get the fastest lap on the last lap. That's how much he's dominating. Checo is out there battling for P6s and P7s. I mean, but Checo does have good race pace. I mean, you pan back him, and he is, like, overtaking everyone. But that is just simply the car. Yeah, yeah. you're in the fastest car. How can you How can you not have good race pace at least? At least in DRS zones. I mean, the that Red Bull DRS is powerful. So if you're going to be in the back of the field, you have to be within at least one second. I agree. He needs he needs to be closer. He needs to be closer. Definitely. But I think I mean, if your boss says you have your job next year, I don't I don't think they're gonna take it away from him. Perez will be there next year. After yeah. that, we don't know. But I think I think if let's say Mercedes I'm a big Mercedes fan, but I don't really see them being competitive until twenty twenty six and the rules change at this point. Unless there's a close battle next year, I think Pet- our Perez is in there. If there is a close pa- battle, I think Perez is out. I, th- I could see them either bringing up Yuki or Danny Rick next year to battle. Yeah, it would be nice to see Daniel Ricciardo again in, in, the, in a Red Bull car, like an official Red Bull car, because he yeah. definitely dominated when he was uh, um, part of their team. Uh, but once he went into, you know, Renault, and then after Renault, it was... Um, McLaren, uh, the cars weren't up to his potential. And even um, Horner said that this man is a fantastic driver. He knows how a car works and how it should be driven. But, you know, when the manufacturers don't meet the driver's potentials as well, there seems to be a miscommunication between uh, the the driver and then the team as well. Mm. I think what you're effectively saying by keeping Checo in the seat is we only care about Max. This is Max's team. And they don't really even care about giving another driver a shot at World Championship. I think you put another solid driver in there, you could have two drivers competing for the World Championship. I think they really only care about handing it to Max. That's that. I don't blame them. Mercedes did the same thing forever. You could have easily, I mean, Botas was decent enough and a great teammate, but he wasn't fighting for championships against Lewis. Well, that's because they wouldn't let him. Yeah, but that's they the whole story. Like, hey, you're gonna take the back seat this season. You're not gonna yeah. fifth. They wouldn't championship Lewis Hamilton so we could give one to Botas. Just... Yeah, they wouldn't let him. But I think even if they did let him, I still think that Lewis is winning the championship over 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 Valtteri. Yeah, well, he's just not gonna care and beat him purely just out of pace. Yeah, someone who has been interested in this other Red Bull seat is Lando Norris, though. If we put Lando and Max both in the Red Bull, who's winning the championship? Man, kid wonder. I think so. It's 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 hard to see because they both love racing and like even in their free time, they'll just go out and just uh do sim racing on i uh i racing or R Factor, all those things. So they're definitely dedicated, but again, this is about, you know, business and who who wants who wants that, you know, drive? Who wants to be a championship? I think they both have it, but for Lando, um, for Max, for Stappen, it's it's better for him to reach that those championship goals. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right, last question before we move on from, from Danny Rick. Will we see at any point Danny Rick back in a full-time Red Bull seat, or do you think that door is closed? 
I'd say it's very unlikely. Yeah. Unlikely. Unlikely. I'm a dreamer. I think we will see him back. I'm not sold on Checo. I think they will replace Checo eventually, but with who is the question. Moving on. Let's see what we got. We have British GP reactions. So, obviously, this has been filmed about two weeks later, but it was a good race. I had to watch it on a plane, um, so the coverage wasn't very good. I had no radios or anything. I was just literally watching the cars go around in circles, but that's okay. Um, Just a quick recap. Max Verstappen won his 80,000th race of the season, um, (laughs) followed by Lando Norris and Lewis Hamilton. Then Oscar Piastri, George Russell, Sergio Perez, Fernando Alonso, Albon, Leclerc, Sainz, Sargent. Sargent was 11th? Yeah, man. The the, the rookie did pretty good. Sargent was 11th? That's crazy. All right. Sargent was 11th. Valtteri Botas, Hulkenberg, Stroll, Joe Guanyu, Sonoda, DeVries, Gasly, Magnussen, Akon. Gasly, Akon, and Magnussen all DNF from that race. Man, that was First thoughts hard, about, about the British GP. It was a rough race, but I I loved how, you know, uh, McLaren was on front row. And it was amazing to see Landon Norris finally put the car to the test and actually perform as he should. And f- even for um, Oscar Piastri as a rookie, you know, being, what, second, third row, that is awesome. And, like, the fans loved it. They loved seeing him when he passed uh, um, Carlos Sainz. Uh, they also loved when he, you know, well, he had a few mess-ups. I think the the safety car really screwed up his game. Mm-hmm. But I no. think that race was mostly focused on Lando Norris. But seeing, you know, the papaya cars up in front again, definitely, definitely changing the game now. It's good to see, as a Mercedes fan, it hurt a bit because it just seems like we've been working on this car for so long, and we come in, Ferrari's faster than us. We go from basically dominating for eight years straight, Ferrari's faster than us, Red Bull significantly faster than us, Aston Martin was faster than us this season, and then all of a sudden, McLaren comes out of nowhere. And even on occasion, Alpine's been faster than us in some races, so... Not not good. Not a good look for Merck is was my first reaction. It is good to see. I'm a big Lando fan. It was good to see Lando up there. Piastri. Piastri's had a quiet rookie season. Like low key. Yeah. He's he's pretty fucking good, man. Definitely. I mean, it's great to see that the like the McLaren's lived up to the hype. Because remember they came out with a memo and they're like, McLaren's gonna be a top team. Everyone's like, I don't know. <laughs> sure, man. Sure, okay, yeah, these upgrades, everybody, because that, you know, that's a typical thing, like, especially with Mercedes, you know, they're like, oh, we got upgrades this week, they're like, oh, they're going to be around, it changes nothing, but yeah. it's crazy, they went from the back to the front. Yeah. We'll see if it holds up, though. We'll see, I mean, it's two strong races from Austria, I didn't get to watch Austria, but Austria, watching the replays, was definitely a strong race for them as well. That was kind of the first signs, and then Silverstone was, I feel like, was their coming out party. That was qualifying. They smashed it. Race, they smashed it. Race, they really smashed because let's not forget, Pat, I texted you during the race and I said, I think that for our McLaren just fumbled this for both of them. Because remember, in the race restart, they put out both um, 
both Lando and Piastri on hards, on used yeah. hards. And they had Verstappen on softs and um, Lewis is on softs behind. And Leclerc was on softs behind. Everybody was on softs. Yeah. They were the only ones on hards. So somehow they managed to do a race restart and keep second. Like if they were second and third at the time, they didn't manage to keep fourth, but they managed to keep, no. No, no, yeah. they, were, they were second and fourth. But they managed to keep that. I feel like almost any other team, you start on hards and everybody else is in soft, you're tumbling down the order, but they didn't do that. No. The car I mean, lived up to its potential, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. I mean, they said it was going to be like it gets its tires hot quick and it, it fired up those hot, they fired up those hard tires. And I don't know how it, I don't know how it held, but it did. Is it, is it more something to say about the McLaren being able to hold off for Mercedes on brand new softs? Or is that just something that says the state of where Mercedes are at right now? I mean, that might be a really good sign for um, for McLaren. I mean, like, if they can hold pace like that on hards, I mean, that's hard to beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. You know, nobody likes to run hards on a race, but, you know, the British Grand Prix, it's a long track. There's a lot of turns that you're going at least 120 miles an hour. I don't know, kilometers, but... um. What the fuck is a kilometer? What the fuck is a kilometer? Uh, but, you know, they have potential now, especially with two young drivers, and they're yeah. still learning. So this yeah. is a great outlook for McLaren. Yeah. And they're still ramping while their facilities, they, they're not even at full strength yet. They, they said that their aim was to be a championship contender by 2025. They still have two years before what their goal is supposed to be. So, and... Pat texts me as well. Lando is holding pace with Verstappen for at least the first fifteen or so laps, I believe. Yeah, I don't think we've I don't think we've seen that at all. Yeah, like the first first ten plus races of the season. Typically, Verstappen's gone two three seconds clear by the first lap. Lando was Lando was there. He had the craziest start, man. The craziest start ended up pulling away. Yeah, for like a lap or two, and then we saw Max again up in front. But even after Max passed, Lando was still there, which is crazy mm-hmm. to think because typically Max passes, that's that's over, he's gone. There was a good five, six, seven laps. We were like, oh, Lando might be able to, get to actually get the spot back. Fortunately, he wasn't able to, but even sl- then, he, he didn't drop really more than three seconds back off of Max for, for a while. Those three, they, they pulled away from the field too. Yeah. Like in the first, first couple of laps, it was, it was Max – Lando and then Piastri was right behind them and they were pulling away. Mm-hmm. They were like, they had like a several second gap between fourth place after like just a few laps. Yeah. I'm actually very disappointed with Ferrari. You know, I don't know why they're decrypting from the, uh, from the standings. It's either the drivers or the car. And I thought, you know, getting a new president or, uh, yeah, uh, principal for the uh for the team would help out but they're just as confused as they were last year i would much rather be a mercedes fan than a ferrari fan right now i'll tell you that ferrari Ferrari, it's last year was the strategy i don't think the strategy has been nearly as bad this year although this isn't the race to talk about it because you left carlos signs out on used hards that's another thing ferrari's on used hards and got toasted go ahead Maybe there's maybe it's just less obvious. The, I mean, you don't really hear them much on the radio besides their like plan whatever, AB plan alphabet, 
and nobody knows what that means. I think I think Signs has just stopped listening to their strategy. Signs is just like I'm gonna keep going until these tires go, and then I'm like, hey, which set should I put on? And then whatever happens, then that's it. But I mean, uh, it was in Canada. They they called they called Signs on the radio. They're like, we're gonna go with Plan B or Plan C. He was like, I don't even know what that is. Like, I don't even remember. Like it doesn't even matter. Bro, that's because they have plans A through freaking Z and etc. Bro, they have Ferrari has that. I guarantee you, Ferrari goes into every single race with at least fifteen plans, at least. Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense because you just gotta like, because everyone's like, oh, this tire is gonna be the best, and then it's the hards or the saucer. They think all oh, the saucer are gonna melt in a second, and then they last. It doesn't like no one knows until they. They really get out there and go. Yeah, I I think you said it. It almost seems like Ferrari is not adaptable throughout the race. They, they go into the they go into the race with a set plan, and they're like, the data want- sets it's the hards. We're gonna stick on the hards, even if it's obviously the mediums, and everyone's doing a second a lap faster than mediums. I think we're still gonna stick on the hards. That's what it almost seems like. I know they're like too stuck in their ways. Maybe they're just like afraid they're gonna like fuck it up if they try and like go off the script but yeah i mean they gotta they gotta change something because it's been three years where they've just completely screwed up just simple strategy yeah i i completely agree i think fundamentals it doesn't matter if you have a fast car you just you can't get it out there because you're not letting their drivers drive i think uh This this is like I have a couple hot takes right here. One, I think they're gonna lose Leclerc. I think Leclerc's gone. Dude, I think his his contract's up in twenty twenty four. Unless Ferrari have significant improvement, I don't think Leclerc's gonna stay. And on top of that, I think right now, Science has been the better overall driver for for uh, Ferrari. I think this this Over year the time that um, Signs and Leclerc have been teammates. Signs beat Signs beat him the first year. The first year Signs was in that Ferrari. Signs beat him. Signs obviously lost to him last year, but Signs also had a couple of DNFs from mechanical failures and stuff like that last year. And then this year, Signs is beating Charles Leclerc. Yeah, I agree. You know, like I mentioned before, they're not letting the drivers drive to their potential. And the Spaniard just wants to win races. But I don't think he knows that he is not first driver. He wants to be first driver. But he, you know, the Italians are very strict. They know that Charles Leclerc is driver number one. You you can't not let driver number one be in front of driver number two. But he's just hard for him. He definitely but it's hard I don't for think he gives a fuck. I don't think he gives a fuck. I, I genuinely don't think Carlos Sainz gives a fuck while he's on that track. Because there's been times where he's like, they're like, let Leclerc pass, or we're going to do this. And he's like, nope, <laughs> that, that ain't happening. <laughs> and I don't blame him. Again, he he's he's beating – he beat Charles Leclerc. For, they've been together three seasons. This is the third season. First season, he beat him straight up. Second mm-hmm. season, he lost to him, whatever, one-to-one. And this season, he's beating him straight up. I, I completely agree with Carlos Sainz. Why are you going to let Charles Leclerc have the prioritized strategy over me if 
I've been beating him. Yeah, or at I least mean, we're on equal. Or at least we're on equal footing. Leclerc was like one of the hype, most hyped drivers on the grid. I mean, everybody thought he was going to win in 2021. They were like, oh, after the first couple of races, like, no way, like, Ferrari might have a championship, and it's going to be Charles Leclerc who's going to bring it home. And then after those three weeks, last two years, is where has he been? He, I mean, nothing like pulls here and there, and then just gets overtake three laps in. And then it's like, I don't know. I mean, Ferrari's just really just falling out. Yeah. Is that him or is that Ferrari though? So I, I I'm one of the last people to start blaming drivers. That's I true. think that's I think I don't think the Ferrari is a very good car throughout a race. I, I agree. The Ferrari this year is just not living up to its potential compared to when Sebastian Vettel was on the team. But then again, Ferrari was known for uh, their scandalous uh, moves. I think Ferrari just has really bad race pace this year. I mean, yeah, they cook their tires. Fine. They yeah. cook their tires like it's fried chicken, bro. They just throw them in a frying pan and just saute that shit up, bro. It, there, there ain't nothing left of those tires after a couple laps. Yeah. I mean, that's why they do really well in qualifying. I mean, they just they get moving, and they're like, oh, they're going to be there on Sunday, and then they just, they just can't keep up, or their tires suck, and then they put the wrong tires on. And then it's just a mess. <laughs> it's it's it's, it's mess. an absolute mess. All right, let's move on. Um, last couple things about the British GP, and we'll go to Hungary, and we'll, we'll get out of here. But let's just do some driver ratings. I'm gonna go through the standings from last last to first. This quick one through ten. How would you rate the driver's performance? All right. So starting with Esteban Alcon, DNF from Silverstone, one through ten. Uh, five. <laughs> we'll we'll cut it right in the middle. Uh, I, I'm probably around where Dan is. I'm giving him a three. I don't think he's been very impressive this season. He's been okay. I don't, I, I don't know if he hasn't been very impressive this season or at Alpine as a whole. Alpine was fourth in the drivers. Fourth? Yeah, they were fourth last year. I'm slaughtered McLaren. Yeah. This year they're absolutely nowhere, but I don't know. He he he's he's been okay, and I'll, I'll give him that. He's he's I think he's one of the most underrated drivers on the grid, but he's been okay this season. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been slaughtering guys like he should be if he was supposed to be the number one driver. True. All right, Kevin Magnuson. Kevin Magnuson. He had that engine failure that brought out the um the first safety car, I believe. I'm giving him. He he was up there. He he had a fine qualifying. Give him a six. Again, he didn't finish the race. I can't really get much higher than that, in my opinion. Another five for me, sir. Kevin Magnuson. Oof. I'm gonna have to say a three. Nice three. Kevin Magnuson is. I mean, look at his teammate. His teammate has been what damn near in first place, and he's been. He's been just nowhere. I mean, I don't know. I mean, just bad performances. I would say Haas has been – I would say his team has been slaughtering him. I think Nico Nico hulkenberg has been on the better end of the stick more often this year. But that Haas just seems, like, really unpredictable. Some weekends it's really, really good. Some weekends it's really, really bad. It's great yeah. in qualifying. It sucks in the race. It's great in the race. It sucks in qualifying. Like, it's just 
I don't really know if they understand that car very well. And that might be because the car is like 80% Ferrari as well. That's true. So there's only so much they can do with that. Moving on, Pierre Gasly. Pierre Gasly DNF'd after being hit by Lance Stroll into the final chicane. Man, those, <laughs> those two were going at it that race. Yeah, but Lance Stroll like literally drove off the track and then drove back onto the track <laughs> and just completely took out Pierre Gasly and continued on his way. Yeah. It was reckless out of Lance Stroll, but what do you expect? Typical Lance. Yeah. I'm giving I'm giving <laughs> Gasly I'm giving Gasly I'm giving Gasly an eight. I'll he was up there. Six. I'll get yeah, six. Hear seven. me out, hear me out. Gasly was in like Gasly was right behind Lewis the entire race. Right behind Lewis the entire race. Lewis finished third. Gasly was up in fourth, fourth and fifth. He was batting with Lewis and Piastri the entire race, like within like a second of them the entire race. Well, no, he actually he dropped back behind Alonso at one point, but still he was he was up there. I thought he was at a solid race. It's a shame that Lance Stroll hit him, but I'm giving him a seven. Yeah, seven. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty fair. Seven. Seven. Nick DeVries finished finished last out of all of the drivers who did finish. Mm. Two. Bad race your career on. Yeah, I think that was kind of the nail in the coffin. Finished 33 seconds off the lead. At least a two. Didn't have a good qualifying. Didn't have a good race. Basically wasn't covered at all. Didn't bid it. So that's why I didn't give him a one, but I give him a two. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give him like a two or a three. That kid just—he's just not winning it all. Maybe I, was... I, I like Nick DeVries too. I just don't. I, I just—he didn't have a good race. Yeah. Poor guy. Nice roll around Silverstone and then pop out. Danny Rick's in. Danny Rick is in. Anyway, Nick DeVries only finished two seconds off his teammate Yuki Sonoda, P16. Five. <laughs> It's so hard to rate the bottom 10 it's, drivers. It is hard to rate the bottom. There's a lot of stuff happens. Yeah, especially during the race, but it's I don't know. Chaos that goes back on there that we just don't see. Yeah. There's just not a battling as hard as, you know, the top seven or top eight. But for me, I'm going to give the kid like a six. A six for P16. Man, so He's sec, sec, second to last on the grid of the drivers who finished. Second to last. We're, we're talking we're about six. Yuki Sonoda, okay? this the, He has potential. He Logan just Sargent beat him by five positions. <laughs> and we're giving him a six. The Americano. All right. It, 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 it's your – I'm just saying. Six for a oh, – go for it. Yeah. I like the Japanese kid. Pat, what are you feeling? Three. Go next. <laughs> 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 Zhou Guang Yu Zhou Guang Yu uh, Alpha, Alpha Romeo obviously 29 seconds off the lead P15 Car crash yeah. Alright what what, 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 right, quick question Just don't have to have an explanation behind it What would you rather be in the Williams, the Alpha Romeo Or the Alpha Tower Probably the Williams Easy Easy. Williams. You got a Alpha Ferrari Tauri. motor In, in um, Not yeah. Alpha in the, Ferrari Ferrari in the last 16 years. Let's not forget that Ferrari motor blew up twice in Silverstone. It blew up during practice, or was it qualifying for Valtteri Bottas? It blew up during qualifying for Valtteri Bottas, and then it blew up during the race for for Kevin Magnussen. Just putting that up there. 
But yeah, that car is trash. I give Joe Gang you give him a four. He got beat by his teammate pretty handily, is what it is. Give him a four as well. All right. Um Lance Stroll, P14. Uh maybe a two for that whole uh <laughs> yeah, he was a bully on the track, man. He was I he, three. He was really bad. I'll give him a two. Nico Hokenberg, P13, beat his teammate or his his, his teammate DNF'd, but I don't know. Four. four. He didn't really do much. Here's another four. Valtteri Botas, P12. Um, beat his teammate. Will we give his teammate like a three or a four? I'll give Valtteri a six. That car sucks. P12 is not bad for an Alfa Romeo. I always like the man. He has uh, some charismatic uh, or charismatic uh, attributes, especially with his butt cheeks. So for each butt cheek, I'll give each butt cheek a three. Totally. Curious. All right. Well, at least we could say the mullet hasn't been doing anything for his race pace. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But did you give him something? Oh. A five. I don't know. Five. I didn't even see him on the TV. So here we go. We're getting we're getting close to top ten. Logan Sargent, P eleven, eight. I give him a seven. The Americano is uh, living up to his dreams right now, trying to get points. So that's a good. That's a. I go. I was surprised he finished P eleven. That's a sneaky. That's a sneaky finish for him. Almost in the points. Just one away. And just, we got just his just, point, just one point. close one away. Oh, he finished four seconds off that, but it's okay. All, this, all Stroll had to do was hit Gasly a little harder, and we would have had a uh, Logan Sargent point. <laughs> would have had Logan that Logan Sargent points. You're right. That would have <laughs> one point but, for you. Pat, what did we get in Logie Sarge? I mean, he didn't get any points, so I think eight, nine, and ten are out of the question. So I think seven is very fair. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Carlos Sainz, P10, dropped back after Ferrari screwed him on, gave him the hard tire at the end of the race. Um, He was beating he, – he was beating Leclerc? I don't know. I thought he had a good race. He was pretty exciting to watch during the race. I'll give him a seven. It's not his know. fault Ferrari did that to him. It's not his fault Ferrari did that to him. Ferrari screwed him. Yes. Ferrari screwed – no, matter of fact, you know, he was like on – he could have scored like a podium potentially. Ferrari screwed him badly. I'll give him a seven. Yeah, but during that race, you know, the commentators were like, why is he so far back? He was getting passed by uh, some of the rookies. I don't know. I would give him like a six at least. Pat? Mm. Yeah, I'd say six. Fair enough. Uh, Charlotte Claire, P9. I don't know, man. Claire, he's been kind of dog doo doo, but another six. 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 I think I give I give Carlos Sainz a seven. Leclerc gets a six because I think Carlos Sainz has had a better race than Leclerc. That Leclerc just got lucky at the end by being unsoft. Yeah, true. Alex Albon P eight in the Williams ten. <laughs> Very ten. bold. Ten, a hundred percent ten, bro. He beat two Ferraris in the Williams ten. Driver of the day. Who got driver of the day? No, I think no, Lando, Lando got Lando, Lando got me out. Lando. Lando. No, I think it was Lando, Piastri, and then Albon were the or no Lewis and then Albon. But P8 and a Williams, that's crazy. Ten. It's only three positions off the top five in a Williams. Three positions off the top five. Yeah. I mean that's no, a lot. I don't think it's worthy of a ten. I feel like an eight. I feel like an eight as well. I like Albon here. I mean, 
Alex Albon should be in the top ten. I mean, he's had plenty of opportunities, a lot of teams. He should be he should be competitive. Even the William, Williams. The Williams is good. Is Williams a back market team or is it a midfield team now? I'm going with midfield. I think I think if they got their midfield status now. I think Williams has officially been promoted to midfield. Dan, how do we feel? Yeah, same. And i I feel bad for Haas, even though they like been through so much shit throughout the years but you start we're starting to see the old williams come back again yeah you know i agree i agree fernando alonso p7 that aston martin was kind of nowhere that entire race um i think it was one of his worst races of the season five yeah you can't can't do the spaniard like that i still give him he didn't he didn't do much the entire race What, what was he doing he just sat back there behind lewis the entire race and did nothing Bro, that's all part of the plan yeah, L plan. Get shit on in Silverstone, L plan. <laughs> but yeah, I give him a seven. Pat? Mm, let's say a four. Four? That's fair. Is that what you just did? You guys took Fernando and Alonso a seven? Did I just hear that right? On Sunday. A seven for P7? In a, in, oh, come on, dude. That's ridiculous. I mean, he's in a competitive car. He just didn't. No, I'm talking Dan. Oh. Dan gave him a piece. Really? Of course I am. He's my Spanish brother. <laughs> my God. My God. Sergio Perez, P6. Oof. I'll give him another seven. Him it's a, a Red Bull. Six it's a four. Red Bull. It's a Red Bull, and you're giving him a seven for P6? Dude, we're talking about. Where did he at again? Wasn't he like way back? Who? Perez. Where did he qualify at? Like P15 or something like that. You got eliminated Q1. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Silverstone's a hard track to like just DRS the field up on. There's not a lot of long straights. So, but there's just high speed corners. Like, he should be, uh, I don't know. again, he should be beating everybody by 10 seconds besides Max. But, yeah, sure. Just have seven it is. Pat, what do you got? I, I said six. Six for P6. I think you guys are high, but. I think you guys are high and and high, but whatever. George Russell, P5. Georgie, Georgie, Georgie. Got screwed by the safety car a bit. Yeah, poor kid. He was eight. He was doing pretty good, though. He He had a good pace. He looked quick out there. Mm -hmm. He looked good. good. I'll give him a seven. I think think if he cracked – I think if he got P3, I would have given him an eight. But I'll give him him P7. I'll give him a seven for that. True. I'll give him an eight. Mm -hmm. All right. Oscar Piastri, P4 in the McLaren, nine. 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 I agree. Yeah, nine. Consensus nine. I think this great performance. Great drive. A, he, looked, he looked like a 10-year vet out there as a, as a rookie. So, yeah. Easy nine for me. It's Lewis quality. Hamilton. Zero. Sorry, you want to say something about Piastri? <laughs> yeah, his quality lap was great, and his race face looked great. Yeah. No, no. Piastri, well-deserved. Well-deserved nine. You get, a, you get a round of applause for that. Lewis Hamilton, P- uh, Lewis Hamilton P three. I almost couldn't say it. Um, Rob Piastri of a podium. Rob Piastri of a podium, and more importantly, could not beat out Lando Norris on new softs for P two. Yeah, I give Lewis. I give Lewis. I give Lewis seven. I think I give George seven. I give Lewis a seven. Lewis I think, Hamilton. I think he got P two would be eight or nine. He's gonna blame the car. He uh, he kept saying on the radio, "The car is shit. The car is shit. The car is shit." Last race, uh, I don't think he said anything this race because obviously he did really well. But you know, he he needs to start getting his uh, 
shit together and just race, just drive the car. What is he supposed to do? That car stinks. <laughs> that car stinks. I mean, if we're saying it stinks, it got P3, but that's not what we expect out of Mercedes. But again, I guess not what I'll you expect out of a Mercedes. To me, to me, if he had gotten a convincing P, if he had gotten a convincing P2, nine, if he had gotten P2 at all, eight, P3 for me is a seven. I just expect, I just expect more of him. I'll, um, on the same boat, I'll give him a seven. Seven. Pat? I'll give him the eight. He got the podium. He pulled it out. He did his job. P2, Lando Norris, 10. 10. 10, 10, 10. Pat? 10. 10. Took the, on that grid. Took the lead of the race on the, took the lead of the race off the start. Gave Max a handful for a couple laps. Dude. He looked comfortable in P2 the entire rest of the race. Didn't really look like it was threatened at all. I think that, that to me, is Lennon Norris's best driver of his career. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. It was like, it was like Daniel Ricciardo when he was in the McLaren in Monza when mm. he came out of nowhere and just pulled P1 out of his ass. So, like, seeing Lando Norris, you know, up there is really, really satisfying. So, it's a 10 for me. Let's not forget, Daniel Ricciardo only won that race because Max and Lewis took each other out. But, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Usually how it works. <laughs> Max Verstappen, of course, um, P1 won by a little under four, a little, yeah, a little under four seconds. Nine. I think, I think if he had led start to finish, he would have gotten a 10. But the fact that Lando gave him some trouble for the first couple laps, I'll give him, I'll give him yeah. a nine. Yeah, I'll give him a nine as well. He just, he 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 is Max Verstappen. There's no doubt about it. You see this man getting maximum amount of points every race, and even trying hard to just you know get uh, fastest lap. Um, but I still give him a nine. It's starting to get a little boring because he's the only one winning. Uh, but what else can you do? Is he's in a Red Bull? Yeah, I mean Lewis did the same thing for eight years or so. So <laughs> what are you what are you gonna do? Um. All right, let's just wrap it up. Nothing, nothing too long. Quick, hungry predictions. Just give me just top five. One, just top five. one or one or one or, top five or two or two hot takes. Two hot takes. That's it. All right, two hot takes. Um, hot take number one. Up front, baby. Let's see it. Let's see it. Let's see what it. What you say? I want McLaren to beat the front. I, I want like a, front I, like win or front like they're going to score a podium again. I think. I think I want them on the podium. That's a bold statement from McLaren. I think they can do it. Dan, what's your first hot take? Hot take, Danny Rick shows up and tells everybody to fuck off by becoming front row. Just front row, either one or two. But um, definitely going to see some potential uh, uh, honey badgerism happening. So you're going to... That's that's an extremely hot take. I, you, you said he's going to show up. I'm like, yeah, Danny Rick might show up. Front row? I think so, man. Hey, like I said, it's just a hot take. Teams have been oh, popping up and down the grid all year. That, that could happen. My hot take, Fernando Alonso win. Ooh. That would be I awesome. think. I think Fernando has done well around this track in the past. I think this track suits them really well. There's a lot of low-speed corners, which the, the um, Aston Martin's really, really good at. It's really hard to overtake on this track, as we know. I think Fernando Alonso 
if some strategy comes into play, maybe a bit of rain or something, I think Alonzo can win. Agreed. Maybe. Max is hard to beat. Max is hard to beat. The kid's just second, good on everything. Yeah, second hot take. I think this is the race. I'm gonna keep saying this every single race that happens. Red Bull will not run this race. Oof. I don't know. I don't know if Max is gonna DNF. Valtteri might play pool again with all the cars and take him out. <laughs> I it might not be Fernando, but I do not think Red Bull. Red Bull can't win every race of the season. I think this is a, I think this is the race. I'm gonna keep saying it. Until it happens, but yeah, that's a pretty uh hot take, even though they have their upgrade. And they mentioned that it, the upgrade is supposed to be two two tenths. We're talking about yeah. tenths. That's yeah. a lot of time lot. faster. I saw a tweet today and it said, What would Toto Wolf do if Red Bull pulls up with their upgrades and zero side pods? <laughs> that would be so funny. He would actually, I think he would actually burn down the entire Mercedes garage. He would be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> he would be absolutely pissed. Yeah. Even if it was just a troll, even if like it wasn't their actual upgrade, if they just trolled Mercedes like that, that would be so funny. Oh, man. That'd be so funny. Man. All right. Dan, what's your second hot take? Or did you already say it? Uh, second hot take, I think Haas might end up in Q3. I would really like to see uh, Kevin Magnuson up there. I think he's done well in this track in the past, um, but. Again, we're talking about a Haas, which has a Ferrari engine. Come on now. It's in the background. That that because that matters. That that's that's the engine to have <laughs> on the F1 grid right now. Yep. The ticking time bomb in the back of your car. That, that's what I want behind me. But hot take it is. Pat, wrap us up. Man, I don't know. I don't think I got anything else. I want to see McLaren up front. I hope they do well. Red Bull's gonna be hard to beat. Ferrari's probably not going to be there. Maybe you might see Lewis or George catch a front row. AB Alonso, but Aston Martin's not looking real, real good anymore. So it might just be a two-horse race between Red Bull and McLaren now. Hey, let's let's not forget George Russell got pole at this track last year. That's true. If I, can you hear my Alexa talk? That is true. All right. I think All that's right. it. Well, I'm sorry. My Alexa might have ruined the podcast at the very end because she's just talking about some whatever. But that's it, guys. Thank you for watching or listening or both, whether you're watching YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music. Thank you so much. Um, hopefully, we're going to be doing this more. Uh, thank you, Pat and Dan, for your time taking the day out. And we will see you guys um, this weekend, Hungarian Grand Prix this weekend. Don't forget, like and follow at um, Full Throttle Pod. Yep, like and follow at Full Throttle Pod on Instagram and YouTube. And you can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube again. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys, and we'll, we'll see you guys next time.